Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Kelly Evans to answer your medical questions. Dr. Evans' specialty is internal medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doctor team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Laura. Happy first day of school. Yay. <laughs> it's a good morning to have when you got little kids excited to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes, your girls are what grade Second now? Grade. Second grade. They started today. So yeah. And they were, were they both excited? Yes. Or? Everyone's yeah. excited to yeah. get back and see their friends. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the back to school days, the, the way Brookings does this now. We have time where we bring our kids in and they meet their teachers, Mm -hmm. put their things in their lockers. And uh, I think both my kids were okay with going back, but not necessarily like ready or excited. But once you do that and you meet your teachers and you walk around the building, I know they both felt a little more excited about today then. Right. Especially if you're at a new school, I'm sure that's true. Right. Just a little more comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Which is good. Mm -hmm. Our tradition is to bike to school the first day. How was that this morning? Did everyone get nice and sweaty? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was okay this morning. (laughs) It was okay. But I think I'm going to cheat this afternoon. I think I'm going to pick up the bikes. I'm not sure I'm going to bike home this yep. afternoon so another another tough one out there yeah mm-hmm. but that's all right that's all right it was good this <laughs> good this morning we have many more beautiful days in our future to bike right to and from school mm-hmm. so that's yep. kind of a fun way to to kick off the year and not deal with the traffic and the construction quite as much right so it's a good deal <laughs> speaking of back to school our prairie dock calendar kind of follows the school calendar and so we're getting ready to kick things off here in September how what tell me about what you're excited about for this coming season Kelly yeah I think um you know last year there was a lot of kind of new stuff we had Mm -hmm. new leadership with our executive director um I think and you know we're really lucky to have Ashley Ragsdale in the role that she plays she is super organized I mean there is a plan for the whole year Laura and yes. we are looking forward to that um, and and having some, you know, new guests, new topics and, and everything that goes along with that. So I yeah. think we'll have a great year. Yeah. So we we're haven't all, been. We're, and we're all kind of settling in, you know, right. all four of us are kind of new, new Prairie Docs still in the last couple of years. But we've been around the block a couple of times and I think everyone's pretty comfortable with it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've had the summer off I put that in quotes because I know all of you have been working and planning and working with Ashley to make sure we have a fantastic season ahead and reaching out to those guests and all of that right and we've been lucky you know we have so many what I would call friends of the show many Mm -hmm. of who are physicians around the state and and some non-physicians too who have done things like write our weekly newspaper essays and that kind of thing in the summer Mm -hmm. which gives us a little bit of a break from the work of that and you know gets get some fresh faces in that role too, which is awesome. So yeah, yeah. there's all, I'm always impressed. I know I've mentioned a couple times recently at getting these various physicians, uh, whatever their specialties are, and they're just so passionate about what they do. And Mm -hmm. I think they appreciate having the time to talk about it and we appreciate learning from them. Yeah. And I, you know, it's not a small ask, right? We Mm -hmm. ask these physicians 
to, you know, probably a lot of them have to wrap up their workday a little bit early because they're not from Brookings. Mm-hmm. They're driving from somewhere else to come to the studio and 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 do what we're asking them to do. Yeah. Um, they're volunteering their time and, mm-hmm. and giving up an evening um, and probably a little bit of work time just to just to share knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. It's, I think, um, part of why I always feel really good about what we're doing on Prairie Doc is that it is very driven by that mission of just sharing, sharing knowledge with the public without any sort of ties attached or, Mm -hmm. you know, other incentives or anything like that. So um, these are just, like I said, good people volunteering time and services to do this for us. So we're always so thankful and we have had so many awesome, awesome guests and I feel like I've met some really cool people that we you know I might invite a guest that's an expert that you know maybe I have shared patients with them I've Mm -hmm. had to refer someone to their specialty and I see their name on the on the medical chart when they see see my patients but I haven't actually met them Mm -hmm. and you know it's a little bit of a a leap of faith to say okay so and so you know can you come be on TV with me? And yeah. uh, some, some, not everyone says yes, but when they say yes, we're very grateful. And most people turn out to be just, you know, really great people too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. Well, and of course we have to thank you and the other three Prairie Docs for all that you do in your volunteer time putting it in. So it's pretty remarkable. Thank you yeah. for all that you do. And like I said, I think we're all really happy to do it. It's a great mission. Yeah. And we are thankful for you too, Laura. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Kelly. <laughs> well, let's go to our first break and we'll give our listeners an opportunity to call in with your questions for Dr. Evans today. Give us a call at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. The grass is growing and that means it's time to mow. Please remember these safety measures to protect your health. Wear goggles, hearing protection, gloves, and long pants. Always wear sturdy closed-toed shoes while mowing the lawn. Do not drink alcohol or use other substances before or while using your lawnmower. Do not remove safety devices or guards on the mower and never insert hands or feet into the mower to remove grass or debris. Parents, teach these safety measures to your children. This safety tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Evans, as we are heading into fall, I, I've had a couple different family members, recent extended family members lately who've had COVID. And I realize mm-hmm. I just don't really know the latest on COVID. I haven't been paying as close attention. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a few questions today sure. about COVID and, and where we're kind of at with that. I mean, gratefully, we haven't been thinking about it as much mm-hmm. lately, but it's still out there and it's going to be out there, right? Yeah. And really, we've... We, the the challenge for us will be at this point that we probably won't have as great of data you know our mm-hmm. our state health systems you know there's not still a daily website as far as count on cases and you know that's for a few reasons one is some of that funding you know mm-hmm. ran out with a federal health emergency one is 
so much of the testing that's done anymore isn't necessarily done in a way that we can count, right? Mm -hmm. Where people are testing at home, which is all well and good, but it makes it a little bit hard for us to know for sure what's going on in the community. But we we have seen an uptick in hospitalizations again with COVID, um, unfortunately. So you're right, it's out there and we probably should um, have it on our radar a little bit and are, are waiting a little bit to hear what recommendations we're going to have as far as um, further vaccine recommendations for the fall season. Okay. So I think a little bit still out there to be determined, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So right now, if we're starting to feel those symptoms and we do a home Mm -hmm. test and it comes back positive, or you know you've been around someone and it comes back positive, what treatment options are available now? What Mm -hmm. is being recommended if we have Yeah, so really nothing's changed since last year in regards to this. So if you do happen to be a high risk individual, meaning you have certain medical conditions underlying that make you more high risk for having a severe, a severe episode of COVID. Or if you're, you know, over 60, um, we would still recommend or consider medication that's likely to decrease that severity. So the main one that we use is Paxlovid. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still call your physician's office about that. Uh, things have changed again, you know, a year ago when we were still under the federal health emergency, that was paid for and free for everybody. And now it's not. So okay. this is something that runs through the usual insurance cha- channels, which is possibly problematic for some people because it's not you know, it's a brand new drug. It's not a cheap thing to do. So um, I think that we may have more challenges that way if we start to see a real uptick in cases this fall, unfortunately. Gotcha. Some of those things that um, made it a little bit easier to make sure we were treating everybody as aggressively as we could mm-hmm. might be more challenging just because we're back in sort of the usual healthcare system mm-hmm. aspect of that. So sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Paxlovid, how, how does that one work? Do we just get pick that up at the pharmacy or? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So pharmacies um, keep it on stock and um, you take, you know, pill a couple times a day for I think five days. So. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So mm-hmm. pretty easy. Yep. If, it's pretty easy. There are a fair it. number of drug interactions. So there are some people who won't be able to take this or will have to modify how they take their other medications while they take it okay but that's all something that we can help you with either in your physician's office or your pharmacist if they sure. have your med list so I'll sort that yep. out yep yep where are we at with vaccines and boosters now yeah so it's per it's perplexing and i think we're waiting for stronger seasonal guidance from okay. the cdc about this mm-hmm. Laura, or at least i am mm-hmm. i think it's hard to know especially when your average healthy patient calls in um what to tell them about this you know mm-hmm. and i've had some people you know i'm going to be traveling can i get a booster and all this stuff so it's still fairly vague i mean essentially they've said that um if you're you know, the the general adult population or um, older than six years old is to have just the one bivalent booster, which is the one that came out about a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of us have already done that, or mm-hmm. we, and maybe it's been a year ago that we've done that. So for that cohort of people, we're still kind of waiting on what we're supposed to do. Um, for those age 65 and up, they, have rec- they recommended back in the spring that people could have a second additional of the bivalent boosters. So a lot of my patients got those in the spring. Um, And then it's a little bit of a question mark. And for the immunocompromise, it's very vague. I think the language is, quote, can get an additional booster, end quote. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of those people have gotten one if they're six months out from their prior. But it's, it's 
it's a little bit vague right now. Mm -hmm. And we also don't know if there's going to be sort of an updated version of that booster this year or not. So um, I'm hopeful that we'll know more in the next month because I think flu season or flu shot season is going to be a really opportune time to help people get up to date if they need more um, protection. So I'm hopeful that we'll hear more. Yeah, personally, that's what I'm thinking is like, Probably when I do my flu shot, I'll work on getting my COVID shot and keep everything up to date. So Yeah, but it's, yeah, I think it's still a little bit vague, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned CDC. I I was the fortunate recipient of a phone call from the CDC research people yesterday, which was super fun, actually. I kind of love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they, they were wondering about, you know, kids in our house and then... When they found out I had a thirteen-year-old, they latched onto that, and I got all sorts of vaccine questions. So it was a vaccine research, just basically question. a survey about vaccine yeah, uptake in kids. Yeah. Awesome! And how they're. Well, I'm glad you could help how, them. I know it was kind of fun. Yeah, they said it'd be ten minutes. It was closer to thirty. Oh, <laughs> I was like, are we almost done? <laughs> but it was. It, it is interesting, and we think about the CDC and how much information we make. A lot of decisions based right. on their recommendations. I was happy to share what yeah. happens in my house but right um yeah it is a lot that they're trying to figure out and uh, researching but mm-hmm. yeah it was, it was it was fun to participate and right um and i i learned then that, so then they wanted you know vaccine record information too which is interesting so i learned that they kind of contact your offices once in a while for some of that data oh, too, to follow up yeah so. i mean most of our vaccine there's there every state has their own database for mm-hmm. vaccine information it's imperfect because of course like if we give a shot at the clinic or you get a shot at your local pharmacy someone has to manually enter that data into the state database so you're right i mean it's it's a system that's maybe more disjointed than it could be right but it depends it's very it's very state by state like so much of our public health yeah infrastructure yeah, yeah. is yeah right mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, they. That, it feels like a big job. They wanted. They wanted to know, you know, where um, where Eli was born and the zip code there. And I had to think a second, but I got the right zip code. I was like, it might be impressive. <laughs> that was that was thirteen years ago in yeah. Idaho. So yeah, so challenged us a bit. That mm-hmm. was good. Yeah, Doctor Evans, are we back to COVID? Are we? Seeing new variants, I feel like I heard rumblings about this. Is yeah. that something I think we there are? there is going to be an increase okay. in a new new variant, which um, is why they need to match the. Vac- which is why it's right? possible that we would see an updated okay. booster at some point in time. But okay. again, a timeline on that, I just I just don't have any more information. So yeah, I think it's it's very hard to give advice to people right now on whether they should get the year old bivalent booster which is what we still have Mm -hmm. um it's the same one that that existed a year ago um or if if there's a reason to wait if they need to be updated i think it's 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 a challenging time to give people good advice on that right now so we're at the conversation to kind of consider your risks and what you want to do yeah and options yeah yeah when we talk about covid just remind us dr evans how is it spread yeah. Okay. Is it mostly so Because yep. I, like I said, I had some extended family who mm-hmm. recently had it. And there were a lot of questions about, well, did we get it this way? Did we get it that way? Yeah. What are we most, how are we most likely getting it? it? It's in the air. And so mm-hmm. like we, th- we think a high percentage of it is droplet, which is the whole reason that we wore masks when there was right. a big outbreak and, and right. all that stuff. Probably some of it might be even more airborne, meaning it can be spread in particles smaller than a droplet, which mm-hmm. is also part of the reason that there's been a focus on things like ventilation systems and improving some of that um, kind of air quality stuff. Um, 
much less so from contact, which again, early in the pandemic, we were all worried about, you know, washing off our groceries and all of these things. Probably not as nearly as much of that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So probably in the air. Yep, probably yeah. in the air. So, yeah. the, you know, coughing, sneezing, breathing, all that good mm-hmm. stuff that we got to do, especially if you're not feeling well, right. is probably how it gets out there to other people. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Attention drivers, there are many bikers on the road. Please remember these rules. Share the road. Bicyclists have the same rights to the road as motor vehicles do. It is the law to allow three feet between your car and the bicyclist. Give bicyclists space on the road. When turning right, look right before proceeding. Always check the sidewalks as well as the traffic lanes when merging or turning. Slow down and watch for pedestrians and bicyclists. The Avera Medical Group Brookings encourages drivers as well as bikers to help prevent accidents. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Before the break, Dr. Evans was giving us a Great update on COVID and kind of where we're at with that and what we're waiting for to learn more about this fall. Dr. Evans, tell us about the RSV vaccine. You mentioned you've been getting some questions. About yeah, that. so I've had some of my adult patients asking me questions about this because it's been in the news a little bit. So um, I want to make sure that we touched on this as well. So RSV is a, a lot of people are familiar with what RSV is. It tends to be a, a variant of virus that causes a kind of a common cold in most adults. Mm-hmm. We know it's dangerous. You know, most people have know maybe a baby or a small child who's been hospitalized with RSV. That's so, what I think of. I think exactly. of babies, RSV, yep. and worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So small children are especially at risk for having pneumonia and bronchiolitis, which is kind of a deeper lung infection with RSV and having to be in the hospital, needing oxygen, all that stuff that we really don't want. That being said, we I, I have patients that are older adults, a lot of them who might have underlying, especially lung disease, who are hospitalized with RSV every year, a couple. Um, And, you know, so it might, if you have COPD, it might be a reason that you could get an exacerbation of your COPD or something like that. So in any case, and in a lot of, you know, healthier adults, it might be more of just a bad cold. So, but you know, you hear about if you have small children, you've probably heard about an outbreak at your daycare or something like that. And, you know, of course, if again, if you've got a small baby that you got to send to daycare, it's, you know, it's a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. So they're, they've been working on an RSV vaccine for a number of years. And just in the last couple of months, the first approval came out for adults 60 and over. So, you know, adults are easier to research and study, of course, mm-hmm. than are children and pregnant women. So often that's kind of how these things go. So I've had 
patients ask me about that again because it's been in the news. My answer is I'm expecting that we're going to have our hands on some of that this vaccine very soon. That's what we hear. At our clinic, we don't have it yet. I'm not aware that any pharmacies in town have it, but it, I mean, it could be any week that we have that. So um, if you meet those criteria, if you have underlying health conditions or over 60, something to consider doing this fall. And RSV tends to be seasonal following kind of a similar season as influenza around here. Um, I just saw in the news yesterday that the FDA also approved one of the RSV vaccines in pregnant women. So this is really exciting to me because, you know, if, you know, you've, Laura, been pregnant Mm -hmm. in in recent years, recent enough years that you remember getting your tetanus and pertussis booster every time Mm -hmm. you reach 28 weeks. So we've done that for a long time to give what's called passive immunity to the infant when they're mm-hmm. born. So of course, um, a, a mother carrying a child will pass a lot through the placenta to the developing fetus, one of those of which is antibodies. So there are some vaccines that if you give at the right time during pregnancy, those antibodies will make their way to the fetus. And antibodies don't last forever if the child themselves hasn't had proper sort of exposure immunity, but they last for months. So those antibodies will protect that child for the first few months of their life. And so we've done that for a long time with the Tdap, primarily because it can contains pertussis or whooping cough, which can also be very dangerous for young infants. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is something that, you know, our obstetricians have been doing for years routinely is giving pertussis vaccine to moms in the third trimester for fetal protection. Mm -hmm. But this is the same idea. So um, a pregnant mother will um, be able to get an RSV vaccine that will provide protection for the first few months of life of that infant, which is when they're really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So again, this is just just recently approved, but probably by this winter will be available for pregnant women too, which I think is really exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was pregnant, even having conversations with grandparents and stuff about their pertussis shots and people who are going to be around my baby. Are Mm -hmm. you all updated? Right. Uh, Is that similar with this RSV one? Are they, you know, a caregiver who's maybe that 60-year-old or is um, hanging out with babies a reason to Yeah, I mean, I think that's a a great reason if they're eligible otherwise. I'm not aware. It may be later down the road that the FDA considers the question of whether all adults, regardless of age, might be eligible for this vaccine. Right mm-hmm. now, they're focusing on those higher risk groups. Right. Um, but it's possible that down the road, that's so- something that would be something to consider. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, protecting your, your infant right. also involves, you know, making sure you're, it's not around sick adults, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is exciting. News. It is. Thanks for yeah. those, mm-hmm. those updates. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Be aware, with warmer weather, you may find ticks. Ticks live in grassy, bushy, or wooded areas. Spending time outside walking your dog, camping, gardening, or hunting can bring you in close contact with ticks. To prevent ticks from attaching, treat your clothes and gear with products containing 0.5% permethrin. Permethrin can be used to treat boots, clothing, and camping gear and remains protective through several washings. 
This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer your medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. This week, our encore episode that we're revisiting yeah. on the television program is about dementia. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this was so great to visit with these two physicians about dementia. I feel like every, I think we do a dementia show almost every year just because it's a topic that so many people have questions about. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really educational. We had Dr. Justin Person, who is a neurologist and specializes in dementia at at Avera and Sioux Falls and was very, very knowledgeable. And then Dr. Reese, Dr. Joseph Reese, who's um, a geriatrician Mm -hmm. um, and by that nature deals with a lot of dementia, both diagnosis and management as well. Um, So we talked about, I mean, everything from the basic science of Alzheimer's dementia and the potential um, development of a blood test for that disease, which we've never really had a good diagnostic tool for that before um, to, you know, caregiver burnout and caregiver stress and burden and all of the things in between, um, which are kind of, you know, day to day, what we really see as a, as a big part of uh, management of this disease. Um, so they were great and very knowledgeable. And I think we had great questions. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that episode with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is an important topic. Many of us are familiar with, have loved ones mm-hmm. who have, um, different experiences with that so right. great to learn more about and, yeah and I think uh, you know even if it's a loved one that you don't see that often to have enough knowledge to know how to best have good time with that person when you do visit mm-hmm. them I think is just really valuable for family members as well right because it can be challenging right yeah what are some of the things we want to consider when we're looking at a possible diagnosis what what do you talk to your patients about well so if we're taught if if people come in concerned I mean the first thing that I often a really common scenario for me is that I have a patient come in for a routine visit and they say doc I'm really I'm worried about my memory Mm -hmm. I would say in the in the vast majority of cases if the patient themselves expresses concerns about their memory it's very rarely truly dementia or cognitive decline and usually just kind of normal aging um, whereas if the family comes to me and the, the pe- person themselves that they're worried about has less insight about it, that's a more typical presentation of dementia mm-hmm. in that the, the person themselves might not recognize some of those declines. Not mm-hmm. always, but I, I would sure. say that's that's often true. And then, you know, we talk about trying to do appropriate cognitive testing, which is the best we have right now. Again, like I said, we might have better diagnostic tools in the future. And then also dementia is sort of a broad umbrella term, Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's being the most common reason for that, but there being other types of dementia that are treated differently and worthy of making sure you have the right diagnosis for that reason. So thinking about if there's reason to do other testing for those things. I enjoy learning more about that from the show is that if you are experiencing some dementia type symptoms, Mm -hmm. or if you have a loved one who is, it might it might you might be scared to even bring it up, right? Because right. you're kind of admitting it is. It's scary. This. It's a scary thing for families. But there are some things that might present like dementia, but might might not be dementia. So there might be some treatment options or things to explore. Absolutely, it's worth talking about, and mm-hmm. and you know the. 
what's the worst case scenario is that you know what to expect and what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. But you're right. There are some things that sort of look like they're on that same spectrum, but are maybe more reversible than Mm -hmm. your typical Alzheimer's dementia. And that's knowledge that you want. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you uh, guys mentioned sleep apnea even, right? right? So something as simple as figuring Poor quality sleep. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, I think don't be afraid to talk about it. It's something we see commonly and we want to support you, whatever the answers are that we get. Yeah. Yeah. Are there treatment options? I feel like what recently there's some new medications that are yeah. being studied and becoming slowly available yeah, but with mixed the, results. The FDA approved another one, I think it was just last year, mm-hmm. that again, probably we as physicians have more measured expectations about and it's highly expensive. So our neurologists are maybe doing some of that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the it's a big conversation about the act, what the actual benefit is and potential risks and costs and that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah. I was recently listening to a book. I like to listen to audiobooks, and they were talking about the brain and how we've learned so much in the last like 20 years and how it's just expediated right now we're learning so much so mm-hmm. hopefully there's hope out there as I we think, do I think learn there more is. i think by the time that i finish a career in medicine this will look different i really yeah. do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right well tune in tomorrow night on south dakota public broadcasting to learn more about this topic with Dr. Kelly Evans. She's joined by Dr. Justin Person from Avera Medical Group Neurology in Sioux Falls and Dr. Joseph Reese from Avera Medical Group Family Health. That's tomorrow night, August 24th on SDPB television at 7 p.m. Central Time. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.